Hello, hello, fearless listeners. Are you ready for another episode of Let Fear Bounce? It's the podcast that's all about conquering challenges and facing our fears. I'm your host, Kim Langling, and each week we'll dive into inspiring stories, expert insights, and practical tips to help you turn your fear into your greatest ally. So sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee, and let's discover how to make fear our bouncing board towards a life filled with endless possibilities right here on Let Fear Bounce. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langling, and I am so pleased that you are joining me today along with my beautiful guest, J.R. Johnson. She writes science fiction and fantasy about future histories, imaginary geographies, and speculative societies. Say that fast three times, folks. (laughs) Speculative societies. (laughs) She grew up in the folded Appalachian. App- okay, this is what I've always wanted to know: Appalachian or Appalachian? Could be either. It's really? one of those things. It's like tomato, tomato. I'm going to go with Appalachian. 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 She grew up in those hills, folks, <laughs> where she learned to love fall blueberries straight from the bush and the stream beneath the willows near near her house. And the fact that fall is inevitably followed by winter, that picking berries meant crossing paths with bears, and the stream was laced with dioxins may also have impacted her outlook. She holds a PhD in urban studies and planning, an MS in geography, and a BA in history. Her work has appeared in Writers of the Future, Triangulation, Energy, Nature, Futures, and other publications. And for more, you can visit her latest projects at jrjohnson.me, and that will be in the show notes, folks. She is also one of the winners in an international writer's contest, and we are going to have her chit-chat about that for a bit. But JR, wow, thank you so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce today. Oh, thank you for having me, Kim. I appreciate it. All kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff to talk about. But first, I want to talk about this contest that you were, uh, you participated in and you were one of the winners show. And that's a big deal. That's pretty, a pretty big deal, this contest. So share a little bit about that. Uh, sure. It's, um, it is essentially the biggest amateur writing contest out there. Uh, if you want to put it that way, it is global. Anyone can apply from anywhere. Uh, I imagine if there were aliens, they could apply too. They'd be welcome. <laughs> yes. What if? Let's speculate on that, shall what we? If? What exactly. if? <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Um, it is, again, it's international. So anybody who has not become a quote unquote professional writer So if you have been, you know, if you have published books or you have been paid over a certain amount, that sort of thing, then you're not eligible because essentially you don't need their help anymore. Right. And their whole goal is to help amateur writers um, become professional writers. They're very much invested in science fiction and fantasy, and uh, they have 12 winners a year in terms of uh, it's it's every quarter, three winners. And then at the end of the year, you get all 12 winners are flown from wherever they may be. <laughs> whatever, whatever country or spaceship they're from, they're flown out to LA for a week-long workshop. And it is pretty astonishing. It was <laughs> it was incredible. You got to meet all sorts of people, professional writers. Uh, you spent all day in workshop rooms with them and learned a lot. It was, it was really something. It was exhausting. I won't lie, but <laughs> it was 
really how exciting. I mean, 12 out of, you know, and you said it's a, it's an international thing. So it's a worldwide contest and only 12 people are chosen and you were one of them. Yes. And they as, don't as an amateur writer, that is awesome. It was, yeah, I was really, <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, what? They, they call you, right? There's a phone call. And so the person who, you know, deals with all of the contest winners calls you and is like, Hey, this is, you know, this, this is Jody from the, and, and, and Joni is like, Oh, you've won. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and so it was very astonishing and it, they don't actually release their submission numbers um but they do say that there are thousands every quarter so every quarter of, every quarter right wow so it's a lot of people and and so um there are there are many ways to succeed as a writer but this one has the benefit of being um, very high profile uh you you are able to, like I said, connect with a lot of professional writers and it's free, right? So um, in terms of submitting, you can submit as much as you want. Some people submit for years, like literally, some people have submitted for, for decades and it's fine because you just write whatever you, you, you wanna write, you send it one in a quarter and maybe you get picked, maybe you don't. There are gradations of, of um awards essentially right so you can have an honorable mention you can have you know different mm -hmm. levels of honorable mentions and then you can win which is great right so the top three of each quarter win quote unquote and are then flown out and there is actually a grand prize winner um that wasn't me this year which was great because the grand prize winner had to make two speeches <laughs> and i was fine with just the one thank you <laughs> But yeah, it was um, it was quite the experience. And it was one of those things that I thought, boy, I just have no idea what this is going to be like, but I can't wait to get in there and just experience it. And it was really nice having the opportunity to connect with them in that way. And, you know, you're a writer. You spend a lot of time alone in your office or wherever with your computer and that's it. You don't see people typically. And so being able to go to this week-long event learn a lot, but then also meet a lot of people. It was, it was pretty terrific. Yeah. What an amazing experience. Gosh, that I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. <laughs> I mean, what an amazing experience. You. And, you know, you said they didn't give you numbers, but it was, you know, thousands per quarter, even if it was just a hundred, you were in the top right? 12. Yeah. That yeah. is, that is just, it's amazing for, you know, for amateur writers. I didn't realize it was for amateur writers. How, how incredible. And you know, what a, what a, what a, uh, a nice stepping stone to your writing career. Yes. Um, one of the things that they do when you're out there, it, it's, it's, you do some writing, um, but mostly it's a professional workshop, right? So the goal really is not to just kind of help you be a, a writer. They're like, Hey, you, you got here, you know how to write. Like you've done that part. Now we need to help you get over the next hump, which is to how to become a professional, if that's what you want, right? And so they they talk about a lot of that side of the business, of what it's like to be a writer and how to navigate the various uh, shoals <laughs> and, and, and hiccups that you might run into. And so that part was fascinating too, right? Because again, you spend a lot of time alone in your room and there's a lot you don't know or experience until you actually do make that leap. And so 
that was that was something new and something very helpful. I, I bet it was by golly. I, I know that for myself, <laughs> I learned as I went, taught myself an awful lot. I'm very fortunate that my, my professional background, like when I worked outside the home full time was sales and marketing, mm. but that's come in incredibly helpful because people don't realize that you're, you're writing books and you spend a lot of time writing, but that's not even close to everything that's involved. You can't, you don't just write a book and send it off and someone's going to say, this is perfect and publish it. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. There is, there's marketing involved and all kinds of other, you know, editing, proofreading, beta readers. If you do that, uh, just the marketing alone is a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To market that one book, you know, and if you have a publicist or not, or maybe you do, or do you have an agent, you know, all kinds of research you have to do. And people, I don't think folks realize just, it can be quite exhausting. I don't know what mm -hmm. your thoughts are, are on it, but it's exhausting some days. Like you said, we spend a lot of time on your own and you do as an author. How much time do you spend writing? Actual writing? That's a terrible question. <laughs> I, well, I know, you know, and I've never asked an author that before because I know mine's hit or miss, but mm -hmm. I'm asked, I'm tossing it out at you anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. Um, no, it really does depend. Ah, uh, let's see. All right. This is, I like the, the title of this podcast, Let Fear Bounce, right? We're just putting it all out there. That's facing, right. Facing the realities of this. And the truth is that sometimes I don't write at all, right? I mean, I, I would love to be one of those authors that is up every day and, you know, five in the morning and I'm putting in four hours before my day job and all of that. Sometimes that happens, but not usually, I'll be honest, right? Um, what I can do is adjust to my circumstances depending on how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. And so I'll kind of cram it in when I can. If, if things are going great, I may be, you know, I may have weeks where I'm like, yes, I'm getting up, I'm getting on my bicycle, I'm going to think about what I'm doing, and then I'm getting on the treadmill, I have a treadmill desk, and so I'm getting on the treadmill, and I'm going to spend an hour, and I'm going to write this thing I've been thinking about. Some days that absolutely works, which is great. Sometimes it really doesn't, right? And that's just got to be okay, right? Because if you can do it, Terrific. If you can't, that's fine. Just get up the next day and take another stab at it. If you let it get you down, then it's over, right? That's right. <laughs> I am so glad that you mentioned that, putting that pressure on yourself. You know, so, and I know there are, like you said, there are people that they are very regimented and they are very disciplined and they get up and they're like, I will write from five until 7 a.m. every morning or, you know, seven to 9 PM every night, whatever the case may be for whatever circumstance. Um, and I tried that. No. I can't do it that way. It's not comfortable for me. Uh, it's not, nothing comes naturally when I'm forcing myself mm. into this block of time. So do you, have you found that to be the same for you? I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it works. <laughs> I think it depends on what my 
what my problem is that week, right? Like if the problem is just I'm distracted and, you know, I've got things to do at work or whatever, sometimes it can be great because it's like, no, I'm carving out this time, this chunk of time where I don't have to worry about those other things. Then it can work for me just fine. Um, but if it's really uh, that I'm not sure what I what I want to write or I'm not feeling confident about what I'm doing, then just kind of uh, staring at it doesn't always help right? Forcing myself to do it doesn't always help. And in what I've learned for myself is that in that case, I'm better off doing something creative, but something else. And that allows me to be creative. It allows me to distract myself from the larger project. Uh, and it allows me to play around in a way that loosens me up and keeps me feeling optimistic, which always helps, right? Because you're right. Bang, you know, bang yourself over the head thinking, uh, I really have to do this. I'm doing a terrible job. That's not helpful, at least for me. So if I can take that approach, it can influence the final product. Although to be fair, like when you talk to a professional writers, they really are like, you know what? You just have to do it. Like if it's a job, you, you treat it like a job. And the key is you have to figure out a way to make it work by the time you're done with it, it doesn't have to work today. Right. And so sometimes I'll do this. Sometimes other writers I've talked to do this. They just put in like brackets, you know, main character runs down the street and brackets, you know, find right. out what model car fits here or what have you. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you just figure out a way to make it work. And if that is leaving big chunks in your draft and coming back and fixing it later, fine. Uh, I know like Dean Wesley Smith is an author and one of the judges um, in the contest, Writers of the Future, but also the one of the editors of the book. He does something he calls cycling. And so he writes and then the next day he comes back and he sort of reads over what he just wrote and then keeps going. He makes edits, tweaks it and keeps going and then writes and circles back around and keeps doing that. So Maybe that works for you. Maybe it doesn't, right? I edit more than that. I try not to edit too much, but uh, it doesn't always work. Yeah. But you find a way to work. You find a way to make this particular project work for you. Um, and it, it could be something that works for writing, something that works for other things. Um, I like to call it productive procrastination. If I'm staring at a project, usually what it means is I'm stuck. I, something about what I've done is not quite right. And so it's like, okay, I can't work on this right now, or I'm just wasting my time. So then I go do something else. I am procrastinating, but I'm being productive while doing it. And then hopefully my brain figures out what the problem was and I can come back. It's like, you know what? That last scene was ridiculous. I'm going the wrong direction. I don't like what I just did there, or that doesn't fit with my character or no, like I can see where this is going and it's going to be stupid, right? That is not <laughs> enough of a challenge. I need to, <laughs> I need to bring him back and then I need to introduce aliens or ninjas or whatever, you know, we'll spice things up, but you have to figure out where you, at least I have to figure out where I went wrong. And sometimes I need a little bit of time. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and I think that that's probably true for most. Sometimes you just got to walk away and, you know, your eyes have to land on something completely different. So it's almost like cleansing your palate. Absolutely. No, that is a perfect way to say it. <laughs> yeah. The type of uh, 
stories that you write, books that you write, speculative fiction, fantasy, uh, science fiction. What what drew you to that to make you want to actually spend time writing stories and getting them out there into the world? That's um, that's a great question, and it's funny because it's one that I <laughs> I have a little bit of a hard time answering only because it started so early for me. So I'm guessing it had to do with the books that my parents read me or the, you know, what was around the house, that kind of thing. And then, of course, mixing with my own particular proclivities, right? And so my father read us The Lord of the Rings. Well, starting at The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, he read us the whole series at night for months. It I don't even know how long it took. It took a very long time. But it, it had this sort of impact on me. Um, that you want in a kid, right? It's adventure, it's excitement, it's problem solving, it's empathy, it's um, the sort of what if, what if this sort of thing happened to me, what would I do? What sort of person would I be in this world? And so it has a lot of positive impacts. Um, for me in my childhood, that kind of thought, but also I just love, I'm the sort of person who really likes Hmm, how to put it? See, I haven't answered this question lately. <laughs> I'm glad you asked it. Um, but I'm the sort of person that likes solving things, fixing things, or thinking, well, what if that happened and how how could I fix it? Or, you know, what if it's always a question, right? It's always behind a lot of blockbuster movies or whatever. Oh, aliens showed up. Now what? And that's really the question. Like, now what? How would this world work if that happened? That what if allows me to stretch my mind uh, and my imagination in ways that help me, well, help me just feel happier, right? He's like, oh, well, what if magic were in the world? Just what would that change? Um, some people are really um, systematic about how they think about these things. Some writers, and they're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write up a 50-page list of all the rules in my magic system, and they're that kind of person. And God love them, right? I am not that kind of person. <laughs> but in my way, I just think about, like, oh, how, what would that happen? Like for me, it's, I imagine a character walking out the street and what would happen? Oh, there's a dragon. Oh, dang. What Now what? <laughs> when you're creating your characters or do you create them or do they literally come to you? For me, sometimes I'm, well, they always come to me first, I would say. I mean, sometimes I create them, quote unquote, right? Like I have to say, oh, well, okay, they're a spaceship captain. So now I need to go figure out their background. Like I might have to work that in, but mostly I'm sitting there thinking, oh, you know, just this problem popped into my head. Then what? And that's always the question. Then what? It's like, oh, well, just this person had a dragon jump out at them or, you know, they're, they're spaceship captains. My story in the book, right, is a spaceship captain is going to her ship and she gets attacked. And that's where my story started in my own mind and, and in actuality. But yes, I'm thinking, oh, you know, just space captain on the moon. Somebody jumps out at her and swings a lead pipe. Now what? <laughs> Just say, well, okay, well, what happens next? And <laughs> what would this person do? And why on earth would someone jump out at them, right? And so right. if you can get your mind into that scene as deeply as possible, for me anyway, it just starts to play. It's like a movie that starts to play. I was just right? going to say, it's like a little movie reel that just starts going. 
you know what's five find very hard and i want to, i'm going to ask you dialogue hmm. i find i know what they're saying and what they want to say but then when i'm writing it out and typing it out or whatever and then i read I read it back i'm going well that sounded so much better in my head <laughs> it always does <laughs> <laughs> but dialogue for me i struggle with that and i'm not trained in writing or anything but i've always had a very very vivid imagination and i've always spent as much time as possible outside. And that's where my inspiration comes from. Now I know in your bio, it sounds like that's where some of yours comes from as well. I mean, for me, it's part of the experience and just how I like to interact with the world, but it's also like you're saying you have difficulty with dialogue. Um, I totally get that, but it's also um, uh, the, the real world can be a terrific crutch right i mean because you're not you are dealing with things that don't exist in the real world they're not real but it doesn't mean that they're not true when you write it right and by that i mean um the dialogue that they have base it on people you know at least to begin with right i find that a very easy way to get over the hunch i mean seriously just like assign personalities like oh that was bright reminds me a lot of whoever right <laughs> right yes corner right and just imagine what they might say or my uncle or uh, an actor i mean it could be anything but just kind of as a way to get yourself started to get the characters rolling that mm -hmm. can be uh same thing idea. with the environment yeah so things like like for me um having blueberries and streams and all of that sort of thing is a way just to start the setting and so I mean, sure, I might imagine a lunar base and a ship and all that sort of thing, right? But really what I'm imagining is, okay, there's like a concrete floor and I've been in a lot of rooms, very large rooms with concrete floors. What was that like, right? And so you're bringing in a lot of your real lived experiences. So you're using, you're using your senses. Absolutely. That is the key to getting readers involved. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Uh, yes, because I'm often telling folks, they're like, well, how do you, you know, for that little short story that I read, you brought me to tears. How'd you do that? And I said, I, I don't know. But even if it's a short or a long story, I use all my senses. Mm -hmm. So if I'm staying, like you just mentioned, con big, big room with a concrete floor. Well, was it hot? Did it smell like hot concrete? Was there diesel fumes? Was there gas fumes? Where was I at? Could, what could I see? What color was everything? You know, what did the floor feel like? Was it smooth or was it rough or did it have ridges in it because something had been drug across it? So all of these things go through my head, but I, I go through with all my senses doing that. You know, what yeah, can you absolutely. see, smell, touch? I have found that that helps me at least, you know, set the scene and it can bring you in. So when I read a book and I'm, and I, and I, I always say, oh my gosh, I read that book and I absolutely fell into it because mm -hmm. you feel like, you know, and I'll be like, they are a brilliant writer. I fell right into their words, you know, and I just love that feeling. And when someone says to me, you made me feel to me, that is the highest praise as, you know, as an author or writer to mm -hmm. have, hear someone say, oh my gosh, you made me feel, or you made me feel angry. I'm like, good. I made you feel. 
Yeah, that there's some, it, you, you really need to bring, absolutely what you're saying, you need to bring the reader into this world and have it be, in some sense, as real as the world they're in, right? They need to forget wherever yes. they are <laughs> and jump through your book and, and live in your world for a while. And then, like, yes, sight, sound, touch, all of that, but then what, right? You're not just sitting there just touching things. You need to have a <laughs> thought about that what does that make you think about or feel right right so you know oh i saw a giant back to my dragon right i saw a giant dragon well so what right i mean yeah what was the dragon doing what, what was the dragon doing how do you feel about that dragon if it's right. just bob who delivers the mail and he just happens to be a dragon then fine you don't feel anything negative you're just like oh hey bob yeah, right. <laughs> but if it's a new thing <laughs> You yeah. might have a very different experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now I'm picturing dragons in my head, but I picture pretty ones with big friendly eyes just saying, yeah, I'm big. I'm kind of scary to some people and I blow fire, but I still want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dragon I see right now. <laughs> yeah. I grew up on the Anne McCaffrey dragon series myself. So it, yeah, I like dragons fascinating stuff i love talking to other authors and finding out where the, how their brains go you know how how those little cogs are turning what's next for you what do you have that's like on that front burner that you're working on right now well that's an excellent question um and it's it's <laughs> funny because i've been thinking about that very thing and part of the uh, i want to say problem but it's not that part of the challenge part of the new thing um, to figure out is is making that transition from someone who just dabbles when they feel like it to someone who is being more productive. And so uh, I am, I'm writing things, but I don't have, I'm not working on a book right now. Well, I'm working on several books, but I don't have anything in particular coming out. And part of my, part of my approach to that has to be about figuring out what I want to do, how I want to, how much time can I put into it, for example, uh, and and then where to make the leap next. Now, the nice thing is everybody has seen this story in the Writers of the Future anthology and say, oh, this is terrific. We, we would love to see a book about that character in that world. And I'm thinking, well, that's terrific, but I don't know what she's doing yet. Assuming <laughs> <laughs> you have a day job. I do. And that's the problem for most, most amateurs, obviously, yeah. are going to have those challenges but there was a woman uh who who was at the writers of the future workshop she has five kids and she's writing i was like all right i have no excuses none <laughs> right if she can do it i can do it and that sort of thing is very encouraging but also at the same time you want to make sure that you're investing your time in something that's worthwhile emotionally to you yes yeah so yes. I am working on that story, just to wrap up that answer. I'm working on the story based on my Writers of the Future world, um, but I have a long way to go with that. And then I'm working on a lot of other things. I have a lot of other short stories. Mm -hmm. Back to my productive procrastination uh, concept. Yes. If yeah. I can't work on that, if I don't know where my particular space captain is going next, I think, okay, but now I'll work on this other story that I have. And so I'm making my way incrementally day by day, hopefully yeah. I'll get them all done. Well, in one of these days, everything's going to fall into place just exactly how it's supposed to. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it, which is nice, right? I'm to the point in life where I'm just not worried that much about it, which helps. Right. Yes. And then, well, that helps significantly <laughs> to reach that point. It's like, you know, I enjoy doing this and I will do it for me anyway. I enjoy writing books, but I, I also have clients that I do stuff for, and I have this podcast that I do. And, you know, so there's other things that, that keep me occupied and very, very busy. So I've learned to not beat myself up too much if I haven't put enough time into writing my own stuff. That's you great know, advice. and you have to, for me anyway, you can't put pressure on yourself or you're not going to enjoy it. And for myself, if I'm no longer enjoying it, then I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to yes. force anything. So, you know, if it's your passion to write and you enjoy it, you know, anybody out there listening, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, writing or not, don't let your passion be stomped on because you're putting pressure on yourself. You know, let that keep that passion going because you were given that gift for a reason. And uh, don't, don't let anybody else or your own self snuff it out. You know, keep that passion alive, however it is that you need to, because you need those gifts. They were given to you for a reason. So, and the world needs them. The world needs you. So there you go. That's my two cents. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think if, uh, I, I mean, if, if some people thrive under pressure, and so if they're the sort of people who say, you know, I need to put in a thousand words a day or I won't be happy, great, do that. But just figure out what works for you and don't worry if it's not the same thing that works for Bob the mail delivering dragon, right? Right. Find your own path. Yes, absolutely. Perfect advice right there. So as we get ready to wrap this up, this has been so fun. I, I love talking. I'd love talking to you and, and learning how your brain's working and uh, your journey and the contest. What an, that's still, still an amazing accomplishment. So another congratulations on that. But I ask all of my guests before we wrap things up to toss out a nugget of hope to the listeners, something that they can carry with them throughout the rest of their day. So what would your nugget of hope for our listeners be today? Hmm. That is a great question. It's funny. One of the things that I always think about if I'm having a bad day is that it doesn't matter if there are clouds up there, there's blue sky. There's always blue sky behind the clouds. And that's, you know, tomorrow will be better. <laughs> and if it isn't the day after, but it's really something that I like to carry with me and think, you know what, it's just, there's always something positive out there. There's always something good. Just look for it and you'll find it. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I say that all the time. Like sometimes, you know, you go through the day and you're slogging through and you forget to look. Mm -hmm. We're surrounded by beauty and positive things every single day, every mm -hmm. day. We just forget to look because we got too caught up in the busyness. Yes. Don't let busyness blind you folks. Open up your eyes and open up your heart. There is goodness out there. There's little nuggets of hope laying everywhere. They're laying everywhere. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that nugget of hope. It was oh, lovely. And thank you for being my guest. Now share with folks where they can find, do you have a website or anything like that, that folks can get in touch with you, find out what you're doing, stuff like that. I do. Thank you. Um, 
jrjohnson.me, M-E, is my home on the web. And that's where I have, uh, it, it's my website. I've got a blog. I've actually been blogging every day since the beginning of 2021. And I'm kind of wow. thinking, am I going to quit this sometime? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a really great way to um, to explore things that look interesting to me and also just to keep my creativity flowing. So that can be terrific. And my fiction writing is up there too. So if you want to see what I've done or what I'm doing, check me out, jrjohnson.me. Awesome. Awesome. And that'll be in the show notes, folks. Um, this is also on YouTube, so it'll be in the description. But thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. I just love all the hope that you're bringing, that you're bringing into the world and, and finding ways to focus on the good. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. Thank you. And all of you out there listening, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget each Wednesday, a new episode is uploaded of Let Fear Bounce, tossing out those nuggets of hope. So this is Kim Langling, your host. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce this week. New episodes upload each Wednesday, folks, so be sure that you subscribe on one of your favorite platforms that you listen on. Also, we're on YouTube, so hop on over to YouTube, folks, and subscribe there. I appreciate your support, and I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you. You are amazing. Have a beautiful day. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. Mm-hmm.